Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech Asia Pacific series. As in Voice of Fintech podcast so far, here you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, corporate innovators, investors, ecosystem hub leaders from or close to the world of fintech. Asia Pacific series will be hosted by amazing hosts based in the region, speaking to the leaders from Asia Pacific. Here is another one hosted by Tanya. Hey there and welcome to yet another episode of the Asia Pacific series with me Tanya Bharatwaj. On the show today we're chatting with the founder and CEO of Neo, Vinay Bagri. Neo was one of the first neo banking platforms to go live here in India and 5 years on Neo is serving over 1.5 million customers through its digital banking services. Hi Vinay, thanks so much for taking the time out for us. Lovely to be chatting with you. Yeah, thanks Tanya, thanks for having me over. Super. Um, so I want to start really from the top. And I think over the course of at least my fintech journey, I've come to realize that, you know, fintech founders are closer to being finance people uh, than technologists. And I think that sort of rings true for you as well. Uh, you know, you've been a career banker, you've worked with some of India's finest private banks. And I'm guessing that it was, at, you know, during this time at these banks that the idea of Neo really came to you. So let's talk a little bit about how you ended up founding Neo. Yeah, Tanya, uh, you're right. Um, uh, you know, the idea of um, creating, uh, you know, a product which is different from what a traditional bank would offer actually came while working in banks, especially, uh, you know, looking at segments which were slightly underserved by traditional banks. What I realized is that there is a certain cost structure which is attached to a traditional bank. And if you try and, uh, and address, you know, certain segments or try and bring certain innovations in the product, it typically is either too costly or too time taking uh, for it to be possible. And that's where I thought that, uh, you know, why not try and create, um, you know, something on my own, which is more nimble and where, uh, you know, the cost structures are really in control. So that can allow us to serve, um, uh, you know, certain segments, which you can typically not serve and also maybe innovate mm-hmm. much faster than what uh, you would be able to do if you are a part of the machine. Right. Uh, so let's let's really get into the weeds a little bit. And, you know, I'm really interested to know uh, specifics, and especially since we have a global audience. I think it would be valuable to them also to, you know, have you talk a little bit about uh, Neo. It's really offering an approach and, you know, how you sort of went about building this company. So from what I can tell, you've sort of identified segments, you know, that were either underserved or uh, unserved. Uh, by banks, and then you've kind of built offerings around that. So tell us a little bit, um, you know, about the products that you've rolled out and what is it exactly that you're solving for? Yeah, yeah, Tanya. So what I'll do is I'll take some time to uh, dwell deep into each of the segments so that, uh, you know, everybody who's listening can kind of understand it better. Sure. So one, if you if you look at India, you know, we are a very, very large country, a lot of people in different income segments. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, one of the core things we have to look at as a bank is what is the cost of servicing a segment and then will you be able to recover money servicing that particular segment and for what products does it make sense now if you look at banking typically you know you would divide it into two three parts the most important being lending and the second of course being deposits now in lending uh, you know there are still companies who can go and uh, and serve cross-section of segments including 
the lower end of the spectrum but in deposits the moment you know somebody's annual income you know comes to around less than $2000 or $3000 a year it becomes very difficult for uh, traditional banks given the cost structure you that they already have to serve these customers meaningfully and that's where i thought that and that's one of our product and i'll come to that and that's where we thought that there is an opportunity to create a product which is specifically for a lower end of the spectrum within that also we uh, drill down to blue collared salaried employees the average employee average salary of these employees is around 200 dollars a month i mean that's what they earn and it becomes very very difficult to serve them profitably unless you have really low costs and you can innovate on top of it so our first product uh, tania was in 2016 when mm-hmm. we launched a, a salary account for blue collar employees now okay. the two three things we had to be very uh, particular about one is of course the cost structure it had to be really low so that you can offer them at a price which is uh, suitable for them and second because india has got so many languages and mm-hmm. of also so many people who uh, you know cannot read or write easily so you have to look at what else you can do and that's where we came up with the concept of an app which has got 10 languages so a customer can choose whatever language he wants mm-hmm. and if he is not too comfortable reading then the app actually is also voice enabled so uh, you know the, he can simply press a button and the app will tell him what this button is all about and later on because it is color coded so he can remember that yeah this button is for depo- you know sending money this button is for uh, fund transfers this button is for asking for loan and so mm. on and so forth right so i think that was one uh, product uh, the our first product targeted towards blue collar salaried employees trying to understand you know what will work for them of course everybody is on mobile uh, that's the good thing in india everybody mm-hmm. is connected to internet right uh, so that's not a challenge the thing is to create an app a banking app which is really thought through and kind of talks to the segment which you want to address yeah okay so that was one product tanya and then later on of course we 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 launched another product which was um, you know for affluent segment uh, which were travelers and we tried to make their life make their life easier mm-hmm. uh, which was again uh, you know among the most innovative products in india a very simple you know typically in india when you travel abroad you load a multi currency card and it is very difficult to operate we made it simple uh, with an inr denominated uh, travel card again controlled by a mobile app mm-hmm. in terms of uh, security features etc it was best in class and naturally it was quite successful um, once we launched it in 2018 right uh, when i uh, you know a question that comes to mind is that you've got these two products which many would say are at the sort of uh, extreme of that spectrum right like on one hand you've got these blue collar workers um, and then you've got on the other hand these sort of uh affluent so to speak kind of users right so how did that sort of come about like you're basically serving two completely different audiences aren't you yeah so uh, tanya the important thing actually we uh, for us uh, it is not important um, whether the you know audience comes from a different segment or mm-hmm. not what was important was are we solving a large problem okay and is the segment large enough and uh, is a segment part of consumer banking so we are we are like very clear that we want to be you know in universal consumer banking we don't get uh, want to be tied to one particular segment and uh, you know only f- focus there okay. so in wherever in consumer banking in india we see a segment which is large 
where we can make a meaningful difference to the life of customers right we step in okay. so first like i said for blue collar uh, you know like it was very simple uh, they did not have a proper bank account if they have a bank if they had a bank account they did not have a proper banking app uh, to control the bank account they did not have you know a uh, features which are assumed to be normal for uh, premium banking mm. which is things like lock and lock your card download your statement and there were specific features which are very important for them is to check your provident fund uh, you know try and cash out your provident fund if you're out of job so all these things were very very specific and useful which you built for them okay the second segment uh, you know while it is very um, uh, disparate in in terms that this is top end of the spectrum in terms yes. of income yeah that's what i but the ask. core remains the same that you know we are partnering with a bank yeah creating a solution for a segment which is not served well for that particular product right so in case of affluent segment while they had all the wealth management etc may be available to them but travel was a painful experience mm. in having to go to a branch queue up you know then buy a forex then when you come back you to again go to the branch cash out that forex so it was a very painful uh, process one mm. and second it was a very large and growing segment Hmm. Uh, you know 20 25 million uh, indians travel abroad every year of course uh, you know 2020 we can forget about it yeah. but uh, which is expected to go to around 50 million indians traveling abroad so definitely they will look look for a solution which is world class oh yeah where you take a simple product you load uh, you know money deposit money into that account and then you should be able to access that money anywhere in the world at a real time uh, uh, you know on a real time basis at an exchange rate which is as close to possible to IBR mm-hmm. so we were able to partner with visa and and execute that right and as i said the product has been extremely successful our nps ratio um, you know nps has been around 70 72 to 75 and our app rating is around 4.7 4.8 so yeah the, the the you know the objective is that you look at a segment where you can meaningfully serve a customer okay in fact another one which we uh, very recently launched mm-hmm. is um, uh, in, in a middle segment between uh, the affluent and the blue collar mm-hmm. and there the problem we are trying to solve is of an honest bank account mm. that or rather i would say a very simple and a transparent bank account where you will get the wealth management services which are typically reserved for the top top end of the um, uh, you know of the banking uh, segment mm-hmm. at basically zero zero mutual fund commission okay. so you can do mutual funds you can do stocks whatever at probably the lowest rate and the products are tailor made for millennial for kind of uh, you know mass affluent yeah okay understood so there's there's something for sort of everybody yeah there are different products uh, so what we have not so typically what happens tania in banking is that you make a one product most of the uh, you know banks make one product and assume everybody will yeah, no, uh, you know no, kind I'm, of fit into that product My so what we have tried to do is uh, you know create different yeah. products for different segments uh, but the segments have to be large enough for, yeah, for us to be able to profitably do that so right now we got three segments we got you know mass segment which is blue collared uh, we got affluent segment which is covered through neo global and then uh, we have um, you know a mass affluent segment which is somewhere in between millennials growing crowd which we cover through something which internally we call it as neo x i think i was also curious because you know most uh, at least neo banks uh, like you said they kind of identify one segment drill it down to that and then just sort of go after them and obviously you know kind of build to uh, keep adding value to their offering so that's why i was interested to know that you know what prompted you to look at such a 
sort of large spectrum. Um, but okay, great. Th thank you for sharing. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the customer adoption specifically to India, because, you know, the fact is that idea of banking without banks and banks without branches is yet to completely take off in our country, right? Compared to say the UK where 9% of British adults have a new bank here, you know, we've got a, about 10 neo banks, uh, a handful in the pipeline. But, uh, you know, uh, one wonders uh, how uh, customers are adopting. You know, what's, what's your, you know, been your experience in that area? Yeah, actually, the if you look at um, Tanya, the whole um, adoption of uh, branchless banking hmm. has been silently in progress for a very long time. I, I don't remember last time when I would have walked into a branch or you would have walked into the branch. Yeah. We yeah, are all used to... <laughs> you and I, definitely not. But, I, but I'm talking about blue-collared workers here, right, for instance. Yeah, blue-collared even yeah. lesser because they are actually mm -hmm. quite intimidated by the thought of walking into a branch mm -hmm. and waiting okay. into a queue and all that. Okay. And, you know, when you, when you see, when you saw the adoption of payment companies like Paytm uh, happen, you realize that, uh, you know, the time is, time is right now. Mm -hmm for uh, you know the banks also uh, because it'll, it it showed you that adoption will happen fast and you know it'll get transformed before even anybody is able to uh, realize what's happening okay and, and that's what exactly happened on the ground if you look at payment companies today you look at paytm you look at google pay you look at phone pay almost everybody blue collared white collared everybody has it they don't have any branches nobody needs to go there and there is money deposited in in some of them in wallets mm -hmm. Similar thing, uh, uh, you know, on the banking side is what we saw that when we initially thought that, you know, people will transfer salary, but we were not sure how many. And then, you know, we realized that the problem we had was of supply and not of demand. And today, uh, you know, we do uh, even, uh, you know, after pandemic, whatever economy is now really bounced back. Even today, we do around 3000 users who come abroad across the country mm -hmm. and, um, you know, adopt NEO as their salary account. Right. Okay. With zero okay. branches. In fact, if you look at our partner banks currently, mm -hmm. Yes Bank, TCB, even they've got limited branches. Right. So people are basically coming, assuming that it, there's going to be no branch, mm -hmm. but they are confident that they will not need a branch just like you and me. Yeah. Uh, because mobile banking will be there for them. Okay. Great. The other question I had was about, you know, the fact that yours is an offering that's also anchored in the context uh, you know, as you yourself sort of said, of a large and unbanked Indian population. Uh, to what extent, Vinay, do you think that Neo has managed to add, you know, value to people's lives? Yeah, for every product uh, we do, uh, Tanya, if you don't add value to people's lives significantly, then uh, it's only a matter of time before the project product will kind of stop selling. Hmm. Uh, so we think we've add, added significant value to uh, people's lives in, in each segment we have touched. So uh, blue collared, uh, for example, where we have made the most impact, uh, you know, they earlier, if you look at, you know, most of the banks, they had a product where either the services were very poor or you had to keep a minimum deposit in the bank account, uh, failing which you will be charged a very hefty sum. Hmm. And this was true, whether it's a nationalized bank or a private bank, anybody. Right. You know, customers were charged really, really hefty sum, which was way beyond, you know, what these customers could afford. And as you and I know, most of the blue collared will not be able to maintain $1,000 or uh, e even, uh, you know, $100 in the account. Mm -hmm. So to ask them to maintain like $150 or, you know, like that, the minimum 
and failing which you charge them like some $5 every month is actually criminal. And what we were able to bring in is that with this account, you know, you pay something like $3 for a year and there is no worry of your balance being zero or whatever. Hmm. Because the idea is that you should be able to deposit your money, take it out when you want it. And you don't need to really, really maintain an, uh, a balance for uh, for me. Hmm. Uh, you you maintain balance if you want to, but if you don't maintain, we're not going to charge you. And that's a significant change, hmm. which we brought in, uh, you know, three, four years ago to the salary account. And especially when a customer stops receiving salary. Yeah. Because what typically happens, Tanya, is these guys are migrant laborers. Yes. And every three to six months or nine months maximum, they go back to their villages, etc. And they're no longer working. And the moment the salary stops coming, a typical bank would start charging $5 a month. Yeah, yeah. And that's something we changed and, and we just hope that more and more products like us come out in the market and eventually these customers uh, don't have to pay for not maintaining balance because, uh, you know, frankly, they will not be able to maintain too much too much balance in earlier parts of their lives. Great. Um, I, I also want to just talk a little bit more about the business and I think a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs who listen to us often wonder you know, that how is it that a particular company is sort of generating demand? What are the distribution channels that you use? So I'm going to ask you that, especially because, you know, India's blue collar workers are something like a hundred million. So they, and they span the length and breadth of the country. So how are you sort of, you know, reaching, reaching them? Yeah, uh, Tanya, again, it is, um, you know, what we try and do is understand uh, where the employment is. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why we chose blue collared workers and not you know, uh, not basis just uh, income because income can be generated through self-employment also. Right. But blue-collared workers, uh, the reason for choosing was that it made our distribution task simpler. Uh, so what we have done, Tanya, is divided India into around 150 odd employment zones. Okay. Where 70% to 80% of the blue-collared employees work and then have created a distribution infrastructure in these 150 zones. Hmm. And that's how we are we are able to reach a large number uh, of them. Uh, so it, it took us around four or five years to achieve that. Okay. But now if you look at any employment zone across the length and breadth of the country, so let's say if you're looking at Rudrapur up north to, uh, let us say, Tirupur down south mm. or Wapi uh, in the west to maybe uh, Guwahati in the, in the east, mm -hmm. you know, we've got, we've got, got it all covered. Okay. But this is uh, because blue-collared, as a business, as I said, one of the most important thing here is costing. Yeah. So you cannot run this, uh, you know, by advertising on Facebook and Google. You'll yeah. get robbed there. Yeah. So this has to be done through physical uh, channels. So we've got our manpowers who are uh, who are present in all these 150 zones. They work with the employers, uh, which uh, who provide access to employees, mm -hmm. and that's how we are able to reach the employees at a reasonable uh, cost of acquisition for us to. Uh, kind of be operating profit in this business. Yeah, and, and I'm sure word of mouth and, you know, that must be a very important role as well. Yeah, that happens yeah. at an employer level, Tanya, yeah. where, where once an employer is, is excited about us, yeah. he, he brings us more employer. Yeah. And employees naturally, um, uh, you know, come in once a, in a particular employer, once we, our, our product is available, then it becomes word of mouth from an employer's perspective employees perspective you know Vinay you alluded to how costs really need to be kept on a tight leash to make this model sort of uh, viable commercially which then kind of brings me to my question about you know profitability especially for neo banks globally uh, I'm sure you know you know as well as I do that it's been quite a challenge how do you see it in India is it any different in India 
yeah india is has one um, you know fundamental um, advantage and a and a and one slight disadvantage i would say hmm. but overall i think india is is much better placed to to have a profitable neo banking um, ecosystem and i'll i'll tell you the reason why the biggest reason is that uh, uh, tanya in india the advantage which we have is that our deposit interest rates are high which effective uh, which means the lending rates are also high mm-hmm. uh, which effectively means that you know when fintech like us uh, partners with the bank it becomes a very symbiotic win win partnership in the sense that when we bring in deposits mm-hmm. uh, because deposits are highly valued uh, you know the bank's interest is taken care of mm-hmm. and their cost of infrastructure etc whatever which they make available to a fintech partner is taken care through the deposits because deposits anyway i don't have a license so i don't keep any deposit deposits are with partner banks yeah yeah and they are able to enjoy the nim on those uh, on those deposits which is significant in india if you were to compare to uh, let's say uh, europe or us or any other part of the world absolutely so so that that takes care of it and from then on uh, if you are able to maintain your cost low your fee and cross sell it, it is fairly feasible to make the business uh, not only uh, kind of break even but you know profitable in india the slight disadvantage we have is that unlike usa where um, you know if you spend the interchange um, is significant mm-hmm. in india uh, you know it has been kind of cut down uh, in the recent years so that's a disadvantage and because of which spending alone uh, cannot turn you profitable you have to you know you have to demand a, a certain fee for the product mm-hmm. and then uh, you should be able to do a little bit of cross okay but because uh, you know your your deposit yields a lot of nim uh, so kind of in 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 totality uh, it is very very feasible to start making significant profits in consumer banking new banking in india yeah um i also want to talk a little bit about the regulatory sort of landscape and you know uh, new banks are typically seen as challengers to the high street banks um, not just in india but sort of the world over and yet here in india our regulator which is the reserve bank uh doesn't grant you know a virtual banking or a digital banking license yet and that basically means that players like you need to work with a licensed entity which is obviously a big bank or a banking partner uh how much of a challenge do you see this as that's my first part of the question and the second part is really if you see that changing yeah tanya so working with a partner bank in india um uh, is 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 actually um, not easy hmm uh it it is a challenge but the good thing is that once you are able to create a relationship which is of mutual trust and mutual benefit with partner banks then it is a very uh, i i would say it is a very um, you know lucrative proposition for all the parties yeah from banks perspective it is very simple they expect a fintech partner to deliver something uh, let us imagine deposits from this perspective from fintech partner they've got a regulatory cover and they can create a lot of innovation without worrying about a lot of regulatory cost which you would incur otherwise mm. and from a customer perspective that you know because the fintech is involved in bringing this product the customer can experience a lot of innovation at a very very reasonable cost so when the partnership works right then it is a win win for everybody including the regulators because they don't have to worry about uh, you know managing too many new entrants right and still they are able to bring the innovations to the customers mm-hmm. so to my mind uh, you know partnership uh, with a bank is 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 uh, challenging but for someone like us who's already done it and and done it for significant number of years it acts like a big moat 
and mm-hmm. and actually we don't we don't mind it at all okay the current regulation okay now in terms of going forward how it is going to look like you know the way the way the world is going we'll definitely going to have a, a digital bank license sooner than later yeah but given the fact that we recently had in this decade two kind of banking license come up a payment bank mm-hmm. license which was not a big success and a yeah. small bank license which was a major success mm. i think uh, our central bank will take some time before they come up with a full fledged digital bank license mm. um but yeah if, it surely going to happen somewhere in the future great vinay uh, i have a last question um and i just you know want you to take a step back and spend a moment sort of taking a walk down memory lane um and telling us how the journey has been for you so far you know you're a first time founder as well if you were to kind of assess you know the last four and a half five years gone by you know what would you say and what have been some of the learnings along the way that you could share with our listeners yeah tani uh, you know the biggest learning for me when we um, started this uh, journey we were not sure of you know our key stakeholders how things will play out hmm. so the number one stakeholder of course uh, was regulator and we were not sure how the regulations will shape up and you have to give like real credit to regulators in india they've done an outstanding job in pre- in preserving you know or or rather conserving customers interest at the same time you know ushering innovation so whether it is uadi through ekyc whether it is video kyc whether it is any any other regulatory landscape which has been changing it is all changing in a manner where customer interest are taken care of and still uh, you know founders like us innovators like us have significant uh, you know landscape to play with so that's been the first surprise and a very very pleasant surprise uh, what we have i have seen in last 4 5 years the second was around uh, you know the another critical stakeholder for us which is investors you know first time investor uh, first time uh, you know founder you never know how that's going to shape up but again in next four five, last 4 5 years what we have seen one you know investors have been really supportive of the vision what you want to do uh, second if you're really bringing in a good product uh, with uh, a, a thought through strategy uh, unit economics in the market then there's no dearth of capital from across the world uh, who wants to partner you in the journey uh, so and it is improving by by every day so i think that has been another great learning uh, in the last 4 5 years looking back and third of course uh, you know uh, because like what you asked a question before this mm. we were also very worried about uh, having to partner mandatorily with the bank yeah. to launch the product without which it it won't exist and we really didn't know how it will shape up mm. but again you know all our partner banks uh, whether you look at uh, yes bank in 2016 or uh, dcb in 2017 or most recently idfc in 2019 and now we have signed up some three four more partner banks mm. all of them have been really supportive of the whole fintech ecosystem they do not look at us as uh, somebody who's there to you know eat their pie mm-hmm. rather you know uh, they look at us more as partners uh, who can go and create new segments who can go and uh, bring innovations where we can bring it uh, better products together to the consumers mm-hmm. so i i think it has been it has been quite amazing from all these three stakeholders how things have panned out in the last 4 5 years and i sincerely hope it continues for for us and for all the new founders who want to come in and make um, uh, fintech happen in india 
and build better products for uh, for Indians. Great. On that positive note, Vinay, I'm going to thank you very, very much. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time out. You know, I've just learned so much through the course of this conversation. I'm sure that's going to resonate with our listeners as well. And good luck uh, with, you know, Neo and continue doing all the wonderful work that you are. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Tanya. Thanks once again for having me over. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.